This is Talk from the Heart, and I'm your host, Dr. Patricia Venegas. And we're in studio today with Dr. Herrera and Erica Rogulski. And we're so glad that you joined us again. We're here, we've been talking from Talk from the Heart on issues of the heart. Someone once told me, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Again, here in the United States of America, we hear a lot of buzzwords of mental illness. And there's a crisis here. There's people that are homeless today with mental illness and drug addiction. And as we're talking about talk from the heart, pains of the heart, emotional pain, many of these things cause us to become addicted, to become broken, so broken that we can't really function in life. We were talking to Erica last program, and so we're gonna pick up her testimony again today as we go back and visit some of the things that she brought out in the last program. Erica, you had mentioned not only had your mother rejected you and abandoned you and betrayed you, your stepfather had molested you terribly told you that you were a really bad girl. And that led you into a really bad relationship because all you knew in life at such a young age was truly being abused. And so would you share with us about your relationship with your um, daughter's father? Yeah, so because I was so hurt and because I had learned love to be so dysfunctional. I, I learned at a very young age that love was abuse. And so because my father abused me, I believed that people that would hurt me and do things to me was love. That's how I connected the two. So early on in my relationship with my daughter's dad, I was only 13 years old and he was 17 at the time that we met in uh, junior high and he was in high school. He was a friend of my sister's and so he was always around and we ended up getting into a relationship. And he started to um, be very controlling, always wanted to control what I was doing, control me not talking to my friends, control you know what I did with my family, control whether or not I got to go out, you know, outside he would want me in the house and you know very jealous very possessive and I couldn't dress a certain way I couldn't wear makeup he would make me take off all my makeup he would you know if we were driving somewhere and there was a male in the distance you know he would threaten me that he was gonna hit me or beat me if I even looked that way uh, you know I was his possession you know, he was very obsessed with me and he made me his possession. And a lot of the times he was very much that he thought I was a beautiful young lady and he, he liked that 
I was his possession. It was like I was his trophy. Wow. And so he wanted to show me off, but at the same time, he would become very angry and beat me, well. you know, black and blue. There was so many times where it would be so hot outside and I would have to wear long sleeve because he started to beat me. He started to control me. If there was family around, you know, at his relative's house and we were all there together, he would lock me in the room and hide me wow. because he didn't want his cousins and his friends to pay attention to me. And so if anyone said hi to me, if anyone was over friendly, he would often beat me and lock me and not let me come out. You know, I was pregnant by the time I was 16. I delivered my daughter when I was 17. And he beat me up while she was in my womb because he did not want me to keep her. Mm. He wanted me to abort her and I did not want to have an abortion. So he tricked me into reconciling with me and telling me um, that he wanted to keep this baby. And so he started to beat me up as soon as I got there. He locked me in a bedroom, turned on the radio really loud so no one would hear my cries and me screaming for my life. And he beat me and beat me because he wanted me to lose the baby. Mm. And then one time he said he wanted to work things out and he took me to these mountains and he beat me up there so bad. You know, my clothes were half torn and it was almost you know, midnight, and he lied to me trying to say that he wanted to marry me and that he was going to go into the U.S. Army and that we would make a life together and I would have insurance and all these benefits, you know, through the military and that we would work it out. But he ended up um, lying to me and telling me that only so he could get me alone with them so he could beat me, and mm -hmm. he left me in the mountains in the city where we were living in and I climbed out of the mountains. It was pouring rain, it was cold outside and I ended up finding my way through the mountains and trying to get home and almost when I was home he pulled up in the car and said, oh I see you survived. So, you know, I ran in my house to hide from him and so for many years I was a battered wife and fought for my life and for my daughter's life. What would you say to the women out there, or even sometimes men can be battered, what would you say to them, why did you stay, or, or, or even explain to the people, because to some other people that were not raised in dysfunction, or not abused, or not, not have such unhealthy relationships when you're young, could not understand why you would stay in a relationship and think that it's love or think that it's okay that you're so abused. Why would you even stay in that for, I think you said something like 20 years? Yes, I stayed 20 years. And what I would say today to you if you're watching and you've been in this situation, no matter what, no one is supposed to beat you and abuse you. It's not okay for someone to treat you as their possession and control you and, and be so jealous with you that they make you their property and mistreat you. I stayed in this relationship for so many reasons. I learned that love hurts, abuse is love. I had no voice. 
I had no voice because it was taken away, you know, early in my childhood when the molestation and the abuse began. And so I couldn't stand up for myself for a very long time. And I felt like there was something that I did in my life to deserve all this devastation. Another thing was that I wanted my marriage to work. I wanted my, my daughter to have her natural father because I was abused by my stepfather. I was in such fear of having a stepfather for my daughter and I didn't know how to do it alone. I was so afraid and scared that I stayed trying to make our family work because I thought it was the right thing to do even though it was killing me and I was being beaten and abused. So what I would say to you is that you don't deserve that. And it's never okay for anyone to beat you, abuse you, and mistreat you. And God does not want that for you. I know that there's a lot of different countries where it's almost impossible for a woman to get away from it because it's not okay to leave. I know um, one culture I'm thinking of, a young woman is with her family and she's to stay there till she gets married. It's not even that she can leave the family. They keep them in situations where they can't get away from it. But I wanna even speak to that because even if you're in a situation where you are being beat or you're being abused, and, and you really truly can't leave because you're in a different country and, and women are not allowed to do those kinds of things, that I know that your Heavenly Father's even with you in that. And his heart truly breaks that you would be treated like that. I also know that many times here in the States, in the United States, women will cover up um, being abused because of shame, because they don't want other people to know that this is truly even happening to them. I, I even know of people in law enforcement, women in law enforcement that would never even share that they're being abused because of their position. And so we even see that we stay for different reasons. We stay in situations that we feel that we're stuck or we feel that there's no way out. But I truly know that our Heavenly Father can give you a way out. And sometimes it's just our mindset. It's, it's keeping things hidden. I know many families are taught that nothing goes outside of the four walls, that you don't share anything with anybody. You don't let people know what's happening in our home. You don't talk about it. You don't share it. And I call it kind of an elephant in the room, or you sweep things under the carpet and you keep it quiet. I heard one time that we're only as sick as our secrets are. And when things are happening behind closed doors and, and people aren't helping, I've even heard of women being abused where in cultures it's okay for the woman to be abused and nobody comes to the rescue. Um, it's so hard to think that we're treated that way in many countries or many cultures, but I know that your Heavenly Father can make a way where there's no way, and I know that He wants to come in and heal the broken heart and set the captives free. Erica had mentioned earlier when her mother betrayed her that she really wanted to kill herself, 
And so I'm going to address right now even a spirit of suicide, depression, hopelessness, and discouragement. Because when you find yourself in situations of abuse, you really do turn inward and you, you don't know how to get out of it. So Erica, would you address a little bit about how you felt suicidal at times? Because I know when you came into the ministry, even though abuse had stopped, you were still wanting to harm yourself. Yes, and you know, I often share that, you know, when you go through so much, you are in such emotional pain. And the pain, when people have post-traumatic stress and you go through so much abuse in your life, you are completely, completely devastated. Your heart is broken and oftentimes, you have triggers and there's certain things that trigger you. Maybe it's a movie, maybe it's a smell, maybe a memory comes or a song plays or someone brings up what happened in your family. And so it triggers you and here is all this gushing pain that comes out because it hasn't been healed. So what you're saying that you can have post-traumatic stress from your childhood, and it doesn't have to be like a soldier coming home from war? Absolutely. Post-traumatic stress affects not only soldiers, but it affects so many victims of child abuse, rape, molestation, um, you know, being a battered woman, being in situations where you're fighting for your life or someone has done something to violate you. You could have it at the highest level. For me, I had insomnia. I couldn't sleep. I had debilitating fear that, you know, God has healed some, but I still have a little so bit of residue that triggers me and so fear comes in not sleeping being afraid not eating or overeating or addictions drugs alcohol all of that so post-traumatic stress let's talk about that for a minute because what i understand is you could be going through a regular day absolutely and then all of a sudden something comes up now when I minister to marriages, a lot of times the situation that's at hand when they're working out a situation that something's bothering them, let's say they can argue over a Coke bottle for three hours and they don't know why, but that Coke bottle could have been used by a parent to hit one of them. And so those emotions come to the surface and they're not dealing with the moment, but they're almost like having flashbacks, but they don't even know what's happening. But all that emotion, so even when the abuse stops, you still have a residue of emotion. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, so because you haven't dealt with the pain, maybe you've buried it. Um, I know for me, I had a example to, sh to share that, you know, my father that had abused me had a horrible car accident and I went to the hospital to see him in the trauma unit and they were working on him and trying to assess his injuries and when they were working they were cutting his clothes off so some of his body was exposed to me and it triggered me 
And so that night I ran home and got on my face before God because I felt like I was having a nervous breakdown. Everything came back rushing back. It hurt like if it happened yesterday. And so I was saying, what is happening to me? I feel like I am completely, like an earthquake went off inside my body and all the pain of the abuse came rushing back. And that's when I cried out to God and he started to show me about post-traumatic stress. Mm. It was like someone pressed a button and the file opened up and in that file were all these little memories and they were all open and exposed. So in the book, The Bride of Christ, I talk about, I call them pus pockets because pus pockets can get touched. And if you have a pus pocket here on your arm, I could hit you up here all day long and it doesn't really hurt. But if you have a pussy little area here. You can barely touch it. And all of a sudden, all this emotion and all this pain and all this. And I, I've even had people touch a sore spot. And all of a sudden, I get angry. And it's like, don't touch there. And is that kind of what was happening with you? Yeah. So it was like certain things would, you know, come up. Or my siblings always like to bring up the past and as soon as they brought it up it was this deep deep emotional pain and it literally was painful it felt like it did when I was a little girl mm. it felt like it did when I told my mom of what was happening and so all of this pain would come up and because of this pain it was so bad that I just wanted to end my life. I didn't want to live. I couldn't deal with what I was feeling and everything that had happened. So for many years, I battled suicide and depression because the pain was so intense and it felt like it just kept happening to me over and over and over again. And no matter what I did to try to deal with it, whether it was, you know, to take some medicine for my migraine to go to sleep or, you know, even drink some wine because I didn't want to feel it. It was now going away. And it was so unbearable that I just wanted to die. The book again, Isaiah 61 in the Bible, talks about Yeshua came to bind up the broken heart to set the captives free. In Luke 4, he stands in synagogue on a Shabbat and he reads that very passage. And he said, today, this has been fulfilled in your presence. And for me, when you read the book, The Bride of Christ, you will see that one day I fell on my face before the Father and I cried out. And he said I needed to be healed emotionally. And he was able to take me through that emotional healing without a psychiatrist, without counseling, without drugs. But I had to go back and with him and revisit those painful areas that I had buried. He said that I had just buried them. He said I had never been healed. I just buried to survive. And so if you're listening to this podcast or this program today, that I really want you to understand that you can go before the Father without a psychiatrist, without a psychologist, and give him permission to go into those deep-rooted areas, those places that you've buried, those places, those pest pockets that you don't even want to remember, 
For me, I didn't want to remember. I didn't want to remember the sexual abuse of my brother-in-law. I didn't want to remember how my father was abusive to my siblings or all the hell that I went through growing up. But God asked me to go back, and he said that I needed to be healed emotionally. And so I know I can't have everyone come into a counseling session or an inner healing session, but you can go before the Father right where you're at, get a pad and paper, ask him, give him permission. By his word, he'll go in and start healing those places because when that pain is still there, even after the trauma has stopped, that it's, you can become hopeless, you can get into despair, you can become suicidal to where you want to stop the pain. You really don't want to kill yourself. You just want the pain to stop. But the power of the blood of Yeshua yes. HaMashiach can go into those places of your brokenness and heal those broken areas. I just encourage you to just take that time. And every time you feel emotions erupting, like she said when her father was um, being disrobed in the hospital after a horrible accident, that it triggered her. If those times where thoughts come up of your childhood, if you can go and get before the king of the universe, the Elohim of Israel, the God that created you, and give him permission to heal that instead of trying to bury it and not think about it or try to get drunk or try other addictions to make the pain go away, that he wants that healed. He wants to take that pain. Again, Isaiah 61 and Luke 4 in the Bible talks about he's come to bind up the broken heart, to set the captives free. When you read the book, The Bride of Christ, you'll see that I talk about those pus pockets, and Erica mentioned it as post-traumatic stress. And post-traumatic stress is very real, that a lot of us went through a war zone in our own home, in our own family. And, you know, many times we didn't even know it was dysfunctional because that's all you know. That's all you've been through. And the people around you might be just as dysfunctional. Here in America, we have gangs and, and war zones. And a lot of people are raised in those gangs where they're gang affiliated. And they don't even know that it's dysfunctional because everybody in the family is doing it. That's a way of life. Dysfunction is a way of life in our family where we've been broken. Uh, molestation, for me and my bloodline, it was passed down through generations. And I know that it was a very dysfunctional relationship that I had with people growing up but I didn't know it was dysfunction because, again, you don't know what you don't know. So when things are triggered, when you have emotions that's just going crazy inside of you, when things happen where it brings back those memories of your childhood or maybe some horrible car accident. I know one time I was in a, a really bad, severe car accident, and 
For a couple of years, I felt like I was going to be hit again. Every time I was on the freeway, it brought such fear and such panic to me that I would just panic every time I felt like I was going to be hit again. And that might be very similar to what you go through in your life. So we encourage you to get before the Father and ask him to heal those areas because he's come to bind up the broken heart and to set the captives free. Again, the matter of the heart is the heart of the matter. We're so glad that you joined us today and talked from the heart. We look forward to our next program as we continue with Dr. Margaret Herrera and Erica talking from their hearts of what they've gone through, their stories. There's so much more to come. You don't want to miss the next program. We're so, so happy you joined us. We love doing this. And we look forward to having you join us next time. Bless you.